Hello humans, welcome to the Athlete's Couch. My name is Maddie, this is my friend Sandy. Super excited for you guys to hear his story, hear what he's about, hear the rawness of who he is and how he's translated what he loves into his career. So Sandy, will you tell us a little bit about yourself, what your life was growing up and how the things that made you, you? Sure, <clears throat> first off, happy to be here. Uh, congratulations to you. Um, I'm a, uh, a professional uh, mindset and mental development coach. I've done uh, a bunch of professional skills for hockey players for close to 20 plus years. Uh, grew up in the uh, in the DC metro area. <clears throat> um, ended up uh, leaving leaving that market and heading up north to a uh, prep school for hockey. I wanted to end up playing uh, hockey in college, and that's kind of what what had to be done then um i uh, ended up uh, playing in college uh spent some time in the pro level afterward but my passion always within the sport of hockey has always been on the mindset and on the mental development side uh, even when i was younger i was always very conscious of I, I couldn't put my finger on it but some folks just seemed to have it um the way they were wired and others didn't and oftentimes it had nothing to do with their on-ice performance. I was always amazed by it. Um, so I did a lot of study with it. Um, that's what kind of got me into, into coaching all aspects of the game. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I've been doing that uh, for, like I said, close to, to 20 years. And my career, I have a, a coaching business called Mental Edge Hockey. Um, and our main goal there is uh, building confidence, igniting success, um, and helping uh, hockey players just achieve unthinkable results. Um, and uh, 100% of it is about the mindset. Love it. That's so, that's so real. That's how, when we talked the first time, how I felt really connected to you because that was a big piece for my game. And I think that goes for all sports, whether it's hockey or lacrosse, it's, or being a horseback rider, it doesn't matter. That's part of the game for everyone because we're all, we all have a brain. So I think that that's very important because when I was in college, I didn't have a athlete skills coach. I had a psych sports psychologist, but I didn't know that that was something that could be offered to me or something that was a big part of my game because no one was telling me that that's a big part of your game. And I had to learn that for myself. And I kind of knew that that was always a piece. No one had ever been like, yeah, obviously, if you think that you're a bad lacrosse player in your head, but you make great results on the field, that your head is the piece that's holding you back and is dragging you. So, you know, it's such a it, it's, it's a different time now than when I was younger and playing. Um, but it doesn't mean that the mental side of it was any less important then. I think it was just, uh, it, it wasn't focused on, right? And, and you know, people, you don't know what you don't know. Um, but what I think that you said is, is so important that it all starts with the frame of mind. Um, and that really is the difference maker, uh, especially in athletes today in any sport, um, you know, it's not just the belief model or growth mindset or confidence building, dealing with adversity or preparation. So much time is spent on the physical, which is, of course, important. Um, but 
I think the biggest differentiator between common athletes uh, and the elite, those who truly get to the next level, is all in the mind. And, uh, you know, it's not just like psyching yourself up or um, getting yourself, you know, ready, screaming and yelling. Everybody prepares differently. But understanding how the mind works um, and how you can use it to your advantage um, is, uh, is just so important. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I saw that throughout my entire career. So if this isn't healing for anyone else, it's healing for me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, tell us a little bit about how, because you talked, you spoke to how you grew up and you had that some conscious awareness, whether it was like subconscious about being like, I know that there's more to this that I'm missing. And now you've grasped that in having your career in it. But tell us a little bit about you growing up playing hockey. Did you yep. lack that mentally, like lack that skill? You know, I, 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 I think I lacked it only because I didn't know that it existed. You know, I mean, I was, I, I, I was fortunate enough to, to have success. Um, but what I shared with you before, when I really noticed it, um, by far one of the so, so long ago, but by far one of the best players in the area um, <clears throat> was someone that, that really struggled with confidence. And um, we had a coach at the time, it's just a different time, that was very animated. Uh, the coach was a screamer and a yeller. Um, I don't think it was uh, purposefully insulting, but um, this person that I'm talking about um, it wasn't his fault. He just didn't have the wherewithal to be able to process that. Um, and I think that the message a lot of times from the coach was, was well intended, um, but poorly delivered. So in this particular example, I think when I became really aware of it is just to see how uh, this individual really kind of took a turn in his career um, and it wasn't because of his on-ice skills. He was by far the, the best player. And I, I, I think that's when I first started to realize that, um, you know, what, what was it that was making that person um, not be able to navigate through that situation? And it could be not just yelling. It could be feeling like you're failing or making mistakes. But everybody gets to that one point when they have to lean on something, right, like their mindset. Um, and if not developed, if not practiced, uh, if not shown how to do it, um, I think the result it becomes very representative of what happened to this person that I'm talking about. So I think that's when I became uniquely aware of it as I went up in levels as a player. Like you mentioned, there were entities that would have a quote sports psychologist, um, but it was all very general stuff. And I think it was like the answers were there, comma, like if you knew what questions to ask, right? Mm -hmm. um, but if you don't know what questions you're supposed to be asking, um, and you don't even know that there are questions to ask. That's so real, um, yeah. Right? Um, so uh, we had that at every level, but, you know, there was a stigma around it, you know? Like yeah. you don't want to go talk to the doc. Um, but I guarantee everybody in that locker room you know, had had something internally that uh, 
they probably would have welcomed the opportunity to, to talk through or, or just get a different perspective on. Um, and that ultimately is what, what uh, I think everybody's trying to accomplish, right, is just a growth mindset, how to receive feedback, um, um, how to identify success, how to focus on specifics. Um, so that really is where I spend most of my time now with, with professional athletes, uh, college uh, players, uh, really just at all levels. That's definitely, and that piece of how you said, you don't know that that is what you're supposed to be asking. You don't know, are those, que- like, what even are those questions? And I think also even further, you think those questions in your head maybe, or something along the lines where you're like, about to reach that brink of the iceberg where you things really start flowing and you figure things out. Yep. But in your head, you're like, no one else deals with this. No one else, right. no one else right. struggles with this. No one else, th- my therapist is going to think I'm weird for saying this. And those, or even your friends. Yes. Your friends and your teammates, right? Yeah, yep. yeah, that's, you're so but, right. And then you, you say that one thing to your friend and they are like, wait, I'm, I've been dealing with this exact same thing too. And the, your locker buddy, the person who's sitting right next to you, and you don't even realize how just by starting that small conversation, you're tipping the iceberg to put yourself and your teammates into a way better spot of being able to be more vulnerable. And now these things are not holding you back on the field. These things are not holding you back when you come to practice. These things are not coming into practice with you and these are not things that you're thinking about the entire time while you have your cleats on so yeah you know one of, one of the hardest things is when those thoughts pop up one of the messages that i i try and reinforce with with a lot of the players that i work with is your your thoughts are suggestions mm-hmm. right you, you aren't necessarily your thoughts you don't have to become your thoughts right so any apprehension or lack of confidence or whatever it is, um, you know, negative self-talk, whatever it is, you don't have to accept that. So I think one of the, the misconceptions a lot of time about mental uh, uh, performance or mindset coaching um, is that all of those thoughts go away. They don't exist. And that's, we're all human. So those thoughts of doubt, insecurities, as you mentioned, vulnerabilities, all those things exist with everybody. Um but through this process, it's teaching athletes, one, how to, how to sense that before it happens, not necessarily to run from a challenge, just because it's a challenge doesn't mean that it's, you know, the end of the world. Um, but then how to navigate through that, right? Like, just because you're thinking it, you don't have to become it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I share a lot of times with, you know, the analogy of like a skier, right? If you, if if you're focusing on the trees rather than the path through the trees, you know, you're, that's a good way to hit the trees, right? You want mm-hmm. to focus on the path, not the obstacles. That's good. I like that a lot. Say, say I was to come to you and be like, Hey, I'm, I want to become a better player. I want to become a better athlete. And how would you be also separate from a sports psychologist? Cause I think when I was trying to describe to some other people, what you do and what you, uh, like your whole job, I was like, a lot of this is being is like a sports psychologist, but it's different tool. It's more tools and tangible things. So if you could just speak on that. Yeah. So there's a there's a an entire piece of this that I would say is like practitioner 
based, right? So I, I, I have studied under some very, very talented people and, and spent a ton of time on, on the research of, of all of the stuff that I do. But so much of it, uh, I think, was honed from either living it, experiencing it, um, seeing people go through it, uh, watching how different coaches or sp- uh, sports psychologists uh, or schools or uh, entities or, or professional organizations did or did not uh, help. Like they, they, they maybe didn't know. And I've always rejected kind of the, the, the massive uh, uh, vanilla concepts that maybe they resonate with some, but certainly not all. Um, so <clears throat> my, my approach has always been on a very uh, customized uh, uh, level, um, getting to know the individual. And that's very, very important because understanding how they think, mm-hmm. you know, in this case, hockey or for you, lacrosse, so much of what happens on the field or how you're handling good, bad, focus, lack of focus, um, is really a representation of your life, right? So there's so many human skills involved. Uh, sports is just where those do or don't come out. Um, so that really is my approach. But uh, the foundation of it, which I don't think a lot of people touch on, is this difference between belief and confidence. Mm. You know, and if you kind of think about um, belief as the roots of a tree right and what you see above ground is confidence there can be no confidence without belief and the only way to believe is to have a very very raw uh, sense and understanding of who you are what your skill sets are um, what your player identity is as it relates to hockey Uh, so we spend a lot of time um with that, helping players understand <clears throat> what it is that they're good at, what makes them uh, uh, them, what their superpowers are, um, and that's that's always the place to start. Um, but in my opinion, you have to peel back the layers because everybody's different, um, everybody processes differently, everybody um, um, learns differently. So I've never taken the approach to have a general um, message for many uh, that's mm-hmm. not my business um so um it's very very customizable um and, and it really starts i don't think at the bottom it starts at the beginning and i think there's a big difference there yeah i love that that's that's awesome because everyone's going to be so different and what's going to work for me is not going to work for my best friend even though we're almost the same person you know so that's very yeah. real i really love that for me i kind of what you were sharing earlier, I was, I'm, I've always been a very confident person uh, in any area of my life, but where I was lacking was lacrosse. So you could look at me and be like, she's a super confident person. Why does she not, why is she not getting success on the field? The other thing, and you mentioned this uh, when we spoke before, which is also why there's, there's in my opinion, a very uh, uh, um, significant onboarding process that has to happen. Because what you are, what you are defining as success, for for both of us to understand that, like that's that's very important, mm-hmm. um, and that is something that I would ask you, right? Like, what what is it, what is it that you feel is making you 
lack confidence, right? It has to be based on something specific. Like what is it that you are not doing or not achieving? And more times than not, and I'm sure this was the case for you, I think it's the case for many high achievers, is there is this intense focus on outcomes rather than actions and behaviors that when and if you do them, you end up with the outcome that you want. But the way to get there is not to focus on these grand concepts that are almost unachievable. Rather, you you peel back the layers of, well, what does it take to be X, Y, or Z, Mm -hmm. right? Like, what do I need to do? And that becomes where the areas of focus should be. Um, So for you, I, I don't even know if you were or weren't being success, but I would bet you're You probably didn't have a narrow focus. You probably had a broad focus and you were probably trying to live up to expectations that you put on yourself. um, And maybe you weren't celebrating the success along the way, right? The goal is progress, not perfection. But for high achievers, it's very hard to make that distinction, Mm -hmm. you know? So what in your, because you you played a little bit of pro and you played college, was the transition of deciding not to play pro and you coming into what you do now what was that like well there's there's always a there's always a the talent piece also right i mean uh, at some point uh, your 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 talent peaks my my performance uh you know the the separation between uh those who really really make it and those who come very very close right there those are just they're just next level performers. So, uh, part of it was just a, a skill level, you know, at some point you kind of max out. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think the biggest, I would say similarity, if you were to pull all, you know, as you kind of go up from youth sports where it's very participatory, then it starts to get more serious and more elite and you start getting recruited high school, college, whatever it is, the, the higher performers deal with adversity differently. Um, they have uh, uh, much more of a, uh, understanding of the power of positive thinking, positive self-talk. Um, and uh, I, 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 they have very much of like an achiever's mindset. So the way that they prepare and practice um you know, they are constantly honing their skills, constantly hungry for more, higher level, bigger, better, faster, stronger. Um, there's a certain DNA and, you know, we, we call it a lot like this kind of pit bull mentality, you know, mm-hmm. pit bulls are just wired differently. You know, they go into pit bull mode, right? Now it's not always needed, right? But um, <clears throat> it's just, it's just their norm. So I think that's probably the biggest difference between as you kind of keep going up in levels because everybody from a skill set standpoint, everybody's fast, everybody's strong, everybody's elite. Um, you know, the, the, the best of the best are just wired differently. And I'm old enough now and I've been doing this long enough that if you were to pull all of those people together, they would have many, many things that were different. But the one thing I think you would be able to pull out would be the way the way their mind works, you know, the the mental game, uh, the mindset, um, and that's 
that's the major difference, I, I think, at all levels, as you go up in levels. Mm-hmm. Something I will say that you that you talked about before, and you don't have to use this or whatever, but, um, <clears throat> you know, you communicated to me uh, that you had injuries, right? Um, and there was something totally outside of your control um, and so much of your life identity as an athlete, like all of a sudden that just mm-hmm. stops, mm-hmm. right? And it's, you know, it's, you almost feel like life's going on and you're, stuck and there's nothing you can do about it um and that is that's a very hard place for athletes there's an entire psychology and approach to um, you know uh, uh, athletes coming back from injury not just from the physical side but the mental side whether Mm -hmm. it's apprehension of getting hurt again or this kind of fear of re-engaging but that's a big thing that i that a lot of orthopedics and a lot of I think high performing schools and programs, they spend a lot of time with that topic um, because time off for uh, uh, athletes or really anybody that just devotes so much of their time to something and then all of a sudden out of their control that stops, the only thing that doesn't stop is the mind, mm-hmm. right? And it starts going into rabbit holes and all these crazier places. So that's a very hard thing to come back from. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, a lot of my clients are come to me from, uh, well, I'm injured or I can't play, so they think maybe I'll work on the mindset because I can't be physical. And what we actually kind of uncover pretty quickly is um, that it's actually needed more than they even know because they're not playing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I saw we saw on my team so many injuries and a lot of them were ACLs and how you spoke yep. to that coming back from it. When you tear your ACL, they're like, oh, well, now there's even more of a chance that you're going to also tear your other ACL or that you could tear it again. And it's even more common for women to tear them. But it's these doctors and these people in high figures who have um, lots of years in school, you look up to them and they say those words to you and you're like oh, uh, okay I, yep. I'm i gonna need to go process that for a second they, you know what they, they say that and then they give you they give you a, like a list of things to don't worry about don't think about and it's, yes. it's just the psychology <laughs> of the mind if I say to you like don't think of an elephant you just you just thought of an elephant right mm-hmm. but if I tell you what I do want you to focus on Right. So it's it's perspective. But, um, you know, how, how we perceive things and how we think about things, it, it, it you know, it's it's the foundation of, of everything that we do. Oh, um, yeah. So I, I think it's very, very needed, especially with uh, college uh, programs, but e- even even younger, um, mm-hmm. you know, learning how to be an athlete, learning how to prepare um how to stay focused, how to analyze uh, uh, results, how to chase specifics, you know, unless taught, how would anybody know that? Yep. Yeah, that's why after speaking to you, I'm like, there needs to be one of Sandy in every single college, Uh, every single high school. I'm like, this, everyone needs to know who Sandy is and uh, help train other people to be able to do the things that you do and the tangible things 
things that you give to athletes of, okay, hey, we're going to focus on, and I don't know if this is how it is, but hey, uh, these are the few things I'm going to give you this week, and then we're going to check in on those, see how we've implemented them, and those become routine, you know, once you practice them, and they become easier to figure out, um, easy in a light term, Um, but yeah, I think especially because you go into playing college sports and you get access to all these different people. Uh, you have doctors, board psychologists, therapist, uh, physical therapists, your coach, a mentor, and you have all these things right in front of you that a um, high school athlete doesn't have. And these are all accessible to you at one phone call or one text. And then in high school, you don't have as many of those things. You have to go out to find mentors, uh, reach out to other people. And so I think that that is the piece where athletics has, maybe I'd even go to say that athletics has failed us. And it's always been instilled in athletics that put your head down, grind, but it's also, we need to acknowledge the fact of this is also a mental game. And if you're not given these mental things to focus on and better your game from, whether that's your coach uh, someone just like Sandy in your high school that comes and talks to the athletes once a week or something that where you can be growing your mental game, it's going to be so hard for these athletes to compete at the next level and then the next level. And when you're in high school, all you think about is college. And I'm I'm going to get to college. I'm going to be a college athlete and my life is going to be perfect. It's going to be great. And that's how I thought it was. I was like, oh, like I'm going to have everything figured out. And then you go in and you don't, and no one has it figured out. And you even go to your coach and they don't have it all figured out. And you're grasping at these things that are like, how, how, what am I missing? And there's, it's the mental piece. The time, the, the, what, if, if you think about this, this concept, um, uh, like a tune up for your car, right? Um, you know, one way to look at a mechanic is you take your car there when something's wrong, mm-hmm. right? But the other way to look at this routine maintenance is, well, does the mechanic fix cars or does the mechanic keep cars on the road, mm-hmm. right? Like it, there's a very different, a very different uh, uh, perspective. Um, and that that's always been my approach is that even when people think that they don't need it. The most exciting clients for me are the ones who are already seeing success, right? Because it's almost like helping them understand why, because the minute it's like, no, no, I don't need that now. But the minute something goes wrong, they call someone like me, right? But what if we could identify while things are going right and enhance those things so that they can be replicated? So it's like there's never... There's never the, we got to go down to come back up. It's like we keep going up and then a little bit down, keep going up and a little bit down. Um, so that, that's the way that, that I've always kind of viewed this, this, this at least professionally, this, this mental performance. And I think a lot of people at the pro level, um, I don't think as much at college, but that really is, is how they do it. One, it's, there's a lot of communication. There's a lot of listening. Um, and uh, uh, very customizable and individualized programs um, because p- 
people process things uh, differently. But um, once we kind of break that down, then we can kind of start getting into a lot more of like the general emotional control and, and a lot of the data that, that can be shared by a lot of people. But, um, you know, just, just think about when you were at the height of your athletic performance, when you were like, I'm just in a zone. I don't know why. It's just clicking. Imagine if at that point, when you were at your strongest, someone came in and helped you, you know, duplicate the recipe. Like, can you imagine what you mm-hmm. could have accomplished? You mm-hmm. know, I don't say that so you or anybody regrets it, but um, that's how I think that mental and mindset performance training should be used, especially at the college level. You know, you have yep. to start somewhere, but definitely at the college level. Yep. And I think. Uh, even when I think about in my own life and in my siblings who are athletes, uh, I think that it's very easy or easier when you're in college, you realize you get a sense of self and who you are and not a sense of who am I as a reflection of my parents, who am I, like you, you're just yourself because that's all you have to focus on at that point. And but when you're in high school, like for my brother, I'm thinking about him and how he goes to these football meetings and they're like, take a moment to look around and breathe in and take in like all that we're so blessed that we get to be here. And he's like, that's so stupid. And I'm like, yeah, yeah like you definitely think that's stupid. But when you're in high school, you're going to be like, oh, wow, like I, I am very blessed that I get to do this. And so I think that there's so many points when you're in high school, you're in the early few first few years of your college career where you're like this is stupid like people are telling you all these mental things and and how like these little things that you can use to level up your career and you just don't even listen you're like like some there you have a speaker a speaker's talking to you and your team these people are speaking and you're like okay they're just paid to be here like let me put in my headphones or let me look on my phone down here when you, where you can't see me. And we miss so many of these things where people are trying to help us because we're in our head of like, this is stupid. I don't need that. And it's a little bit of, we're just I, young. yeah, I'm you're, too, you're young. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, the, the other, the other thing, and I, I had to learn this the hard way was from speaking to enough younger people and, and seeing those reactions that they are more receptive to, rather than you need to do this this is this this is that what i have found has been a a, a way to reach them uh, uh, better is to phrase it in the following way you know you can start talking about people that they idolize Mm -hmm. or you know successful lawyers or doctors or in this case athletes and you can start to say all athletes share the following, you know, all elite so-and-so share the following. And all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm not telling you what to do. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just giving you the data of all the people that you, you know, emulate. They have these attributes in common, Mm -hmm. you know, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, 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 that's, that's different. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we don't listen when I didn't listen when I was younger. Um, you know, but uh, I, I wish that somebody had framed it like that. Mm-hmm. You said earlier, like those vulnerable things, right? Like, God, I'm a little nervous for this game or whatever. It's like all of a sudden understanding, wait a minute, that 
that's normal. Like that person gets nervous also. Like, of course we're human, right? Mm -hmm. But if I just asked your brother in this case, your younger brother, hey, do you get nervous? Like, no, I don't get nervous. <laughs> I would have said the same thing, right? Yeah. Um, so I think it's incumbent upon coaches and, and older folks to be able to meet people where they are mm -hmm. um, and, and to kind of navigate through those those blockers that, um, but yeah, you, you were giving me like nightmares thinking about <laughs> speaking to people with them like, and exactly what you said, it's so human. Everyone, I think that that is a very beautiful piece to be able to realize and accept. These people are human and looking at everyone who you idolize or is your best friend or anyone that you surround yourself with and compare yourself to just being like, they're human. Like they feel these same things. Be just because in my head, I place them as they don't feel these things that's completely wrong that's right they all feel these same things and if they don't then they're probably not human they're some ai bot that were <laughs> you know i was i was speaking to a client in the past couple of days she is a very very accomplished uh, college hockey player she's top 20 in scoring in the in the nate she's very very good um, and what you just said, you just reminded me that when we were talking the other day, um, her mom was texting her about something. It was a very human issue. Like the roommate was yelling, um, um, something was like the light in the room. Something. it was, there were all these human things that, you know, if you looked at her from the outside with these media day pictures, and if you looked at her statue, you'd be like, that person lives in a tower and they have their meals prepared and everything's perfect. And here she was, you know, like her, just going through all the normal stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, that's okay. You know, that, that's, that's, it's needed, um, uh, to, to be able to understand, I think that that is what happens to everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the sooner people learn that so much, there's so much freedom that it's okay to be nervous. It's okay to feel like a failure. Sometimes it's okay to fail sometimes. Right. But then it has to shift to, okay, we're going to fail fast, move past and bounce forward. Mm -hmm. Right. And that is what high performers, that's what they know how to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love that. What would be a something tangible that you would give to someone listening to this that they could take away and use? Uh, I would say that self-doubt uh, is normal. Um, failing is really only failing if you, if you aren't being receptive to learning something from it. Um, and that it is perfectly okay to be your own biggest critic, but you, in that same vein, have to be your own biggest fan. Mm -hmm. That's it's so good. The two sides of the coin there. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Sandy. It has been so amazing having you speak uh, and explain your story. So I'm super excited for everyone to hear this. So adios. <laughs>